Welcome to our podcast. The following episode originally aired as a video. You can find all our video episodes at www.thebreakthroughshow.com. Life gives us moments when we have the opportunity to make a choice. And what we choose has the potential to change our lives forever. Join us now for another inspired episode of The Breakthrough. And now, please welcome the creator and host of the show, Jessica Dugas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Breakthrough Show. I am so excited that you're here today. It is Friday, October the 10th, 2019, and we're on a little earlier than we normally are for the typical Breakthrough Show episodes, but we're here nonetheless. As I've said over the last couple episodes, things have been kind of shifting and changing around here uh, behind the scenes of The Breakthrough Show, and I just want to say how much I have appreciate each and every one of you who have sent messages to us um, and who have participated in our After the Breakthrough community and have been so incredibly supportive of our changes that we've been making and showing up and tuning in to watch or listen, even though our times times have been fluctuating a little bit. I just appreciate you so very much. I know the panelists do as well. So I just wanted to have that little moment of gratitude as we're getting started today. So thank you so much for watching today. If you're watching live with us right now, please comment below and let us know where you're joining from. Say hello so that we can say hello back. If you're on the replay, give us a hashtag replay in the comments. If you are listening on one of our podcast platforms, hello, thank you so much for being here. And we would love for you to hit that subscribe and share buttons and leave a comment as well. Let us know how we're doing here on the Breakthrough Show and the takeaways that you've had from our episodes. So all of that being said, we have an incredible episode for you today, and it really, um, you know, as we've been shifting and changing behind the scenes of the Breakthrough Show here I'm never really sure what we're going to get and how things are going to come together. So, you know, I I mentioned on one of our last episodes that I thought I was a really go with the flow person until this experience. I am not. I like to have all the controls. So um, the the not really knowing what we're going to get has been a challenge. But this last couple episodes have really come together beautifully. We were on last Saturday live on Facebook and talking with the panel of women who, like me, are dealing with chronic things behind the scenes that you may not realize we had um, someone with alcoholism, someone with cancer, someone with MS, um, someone with diverticulitis, chronic pain, and all of that. And it was really an amazing, beautiful panel experience. So if you want to tune into that, I highly recommend it. But on the heels of that now, we're coming back for a regular episode. And I'm really excited about our guest today, who is also dealing with things um, in, in real life and and um, it's a challenge, but I think you'll see that he's he's had some incredible unexpected experiences along the way, and that's what we're going to talk about on the show today. So up first, of course, we've got to talk about our hot topics, which means I need to bring on our panelists today. We have our beautiful panelist, Lori, on today from Star Energy Art Arts. Please push the heart button for my friend Lori Auger on the show today. She's coming. There Hi, she everyone. Is. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, you are good to go. Yay. How are you this morning, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? I missed you so much. <laughs> I know. I, so it's it's been nice to come back and, um, you know, as we've lessened uh, the panelists on each episode, it's been nice to have this conversation you know I love the big group I just can't handle you all right now (laughs) or too much for you (laughs) too much for me too much for me um but it's, it's great to have you back and I can't wait to dig into our hot topic today so I saw this quote recently that said someone said a lot of people struggle with sleep because sleep requires peace and I felt that um, and I, and I feel that too. Um, I feel that too. And I also, um, I, I think about, 
Um, my own experience that I've had recently of when I was dealing with the physical illness in my life and um, how for the longest time, my I was only really symptomatic at night, right before I would go to bed or as I would be trying to go to bed. And it wasn't until, um, you know, I started sort of panicking about that that it started happening earlier in the day. And so it's really um, something to be said, at least in my world, for when you're when you've got that lack of peace, or you've got a lot of anxiety going on that it makes it really difficult to sleep. What's been your experience, Lori? Um, Yeah, when I saw that, um, that quote, it made me think of how I struggle with that in um, in two instances, the physical reality of, is there peace in my home right now? Um, you know, sometimes somebody can have the TV on too loud or the lights blaring and in your face um, and that could make a problem sleeping. But then there's, you know, peace of mind as well, um, which is the one that we all struggle with um, because we usually will have problems going on in our lives, whether it's financial, health, family, jobs, you know, whatever it is um, that keep us up at night. Like we try to at night is when we're supposed to like lay down and just, you know, rest our bodies. But if our minds are constantly going, um, it's very hard to be able to do that. So for myself, um, I do like a a short little meditation in bed, you know, and especially like if I have a a certain problem that won't go away, I start to ask questions like, okay, so what, what are you here to tell me? And what, what should I learn from this? Hmm. Um, you know, or if I can't get an answer, I start thinking, okay, why am I so triggered or why am I feeling sad or frustrated or whatever? Um, and I'll keep asking until I get an answer or until I fall asleep. Cause sometimes that happens too. <laughs> sometimes I'll yeah. just pass out and wake up the next morning and I'm like, Oh, I, I never got an answer, but okay. At least I got to sleep. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's really good. Um, that's really good advice. And, and I, um, about like, if you're going to be up anyway, like to kind of question, you know, not necessarily go down. I don't think that, you know, two in the morning is a great time to go down the rabbit hole if you can't go to sleep. However, to ask those questions of, you know, from, from spirit, are you trying to say something to me? Or, you know, is there something that I need to know right now? And sometimes if you do fall asleep, that can bring you into a dream that can bring wonderful meaning to, to what you're trying to, you know, experience or figure out in your life. Um, I was going to ask you, I'm glad you talked about meditation. I was going to ask you for some things that you might do if you have difficulty um, uh, being at peace um, when you're trying to rest. And, um, and I think, you know, I want to bring this up too, because so many times, um, you know, as I've had babies throughout the years and they tell you, oh, you know, sleep when the baby's sleeping. Okay. Yeah. Um, doesn't happen. Uh, but, um, you know, they tell you it, people have told me over the years, whether it's with babies or dealing with illness that, um, you know, if you can't sleep, at least just rest. But from, in my perspective, my mind is the, my worst, the worst thing about me. (laughs) <laughs> because it's constantly going. And so I can relate. I have, to sleep. I have to sleep to actually get rest because me being awake and attempting to rest, my mind goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I can relate. That happens to me too. So, I mean, if I have a moment where I'm asking those questions and I still can't sleep um, or I'm just going deeper in and you know going down a spiral, which you don't want to do it too in the morning. Um, I'll start turning on, you know, solfeggio frequencies, um, you know, the, mm. the different Hertz, um, sounds because that helps me to calm and relax. Um, and if I can't do that, always take a moment and breathe. Like when you're focusing on your breath, it kind of takes, I don't know, um, it takes your attention off of that problem for just a moment. Um, especially if you're counting, you know, sometimes I take a really deep breath in counting, excuse me, counting up to five, and then I breathe out, um, counting up to seven. And, you know, you focus until you're able to kind of clear that monkey brain. um, And yeah, and try to calm yourself down a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I think those are really good too. So focusing on your breath and also um, 
you know, Lori's mentioned meditation and the solfeggio uh, frequencies. I love those as well. And I love the, um, uh, some of the different frequency things that I've listened to. There's a ton of those for free on YouTube, you guys, and Spotify, um, where you can just listen to those things to your heart's content. Um, another thing I've been listening to lately, which I love is I found, um, I found a couple tracks of, um, Hindu chants that were specifically for physical healing or, um, you know, uh, stress relief or, or things like that. And they're just, I, I don't, I don't, um, associate myself with being with a specific religion, but they're so beautiful and just the, the tones. And, um, I don't know, have any idea what they're saying, but it's just so soothing. <laughs> well, a lot of times if you're able to, to like find out or, or just kind of, um, you know, go along with it, um, by hearing it, uh, mm. the tones themselves, they, they do things physically, like basically the different sounds and the different, um, I don't know why I'm having trouble putting the words together, but basically like the different words that they use, you know, and the sounds that they make when you're chanting them, they do a frequency within your body. Like they mm. send that frequency through your body. Right. So to do it along with them helps a lot. And I don't think it really has anything to do religion wise because mm. this is, this is something that, you know, back through the years, you know, scientifically, I, I believe that they've proved that this can really help um, affect your state of mind to, um, to chant along and do those sounds. Like I, I know Ohm has a very powerful, you know, seriously, like it has a very powerful um, energy generating mm. to do that. Um, so I can just imagine what the others can do. I don't know too much about it, so I'm not going to like claim to be Yeah, that's the only word that I recognize throughout. So it's like this whole, it's this chant that repeats for like an hour and then I repeat the hour like over and over as I sleep but the only part that comes up that I know is ohm and I will I will say <laughs> that loud and proud because that's the one that I know um but sometimes yeah. it's nice too um because I know you really resonate with sound healing as well it's sometimes too like I don't I might not know what they're saying but um just to hum along with you know because I've listened to it for so many times now I kind of know the melody of it just to hum along with that is just soothing you know to be able to do that as well um yeah because it sends it through your body like right. those those sounds they're going through every cell of your body um mm -hmm. so I, I don't know it, it really helps me a lot too I've I've done yeah. some of that myself yeah. And, and one of the other things that I want to bring up as well is that, you know, there, there's a lot of um, push in the spiritual and personal development communities to, you know, not bypass things, to work on things when they come up. I don't always think that, you know, like I was saying before, that two in the morning is necessarily the time that you need to do that. So sometimes I feel like it's okay to do what you need to do to escape for the moment, just so that you can sleep. Um, and, and some of the things that I enjoy, like I'll play games sometimes, or I will, um, as long as they're not like, if they're crazy games, that doesn't help. You know, if you're like shooting people or something like that's not going to help you sleep, but, um, well, maybe it will. It doesn't me. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Depends on the kind I, of day you've had. <laughs> yeah. Not the violent video games, right? <laughs> yes. yes. And, but the other thing that I love too, um, is listening to ASMR videos on, um, on YouTube. And that's something that, um, it's, it's a very sort of niche community. People who listen to and watch ASMR are, you know, they know what it is and people that don't like, are like, that's weird and you're weird. And so, um, but it's, it's essentially, uh, the, the response that your body gets to specific sounds or hand movements or, um, you know, there are some that, that go as far as doing role plays and things like that. Um, but it can take you to a place of, I don't have to be here right this second, you know, it can just take you away. And that the ASMR specifically really helped me during, um, and during my uh, pregnancy with my daughter, Jaslyn, um, cause it was really, really challenging at the end. And, uh, to, for me to just listen and then get it like, it's like, it takes you to a different place. And so I think that sometimes, although I, I totally advocate for um, addressing your issues and not burying them down and figuring out why am I not at peace? If you need to sleep, 
you need to sleep and whatever you need to do, whether it's meditation or listening to music or, um, you know, whatever you need to do to quiet your mind, you can journal, you can EFT tap. There's so many tools, whatever you need to do in that moment, that sleep is so important. Exactly. Yeah. When you were saying, um, being taken to another world, it made me remind me of reading. Like that's another thing I like to do is I'll read. Mm. Um, if I'm awake anyway, why not? You know, there's lots of books I, I have on my list of you know, wanting to read, like I have a whole stack next to my bed that I'm like, <laughs> you know, still trying to get through. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I didn't mean to say that, like, you must address your issues at bedtime. It's just something oh, yeah. that I've started doing, because it really helps. Like, sometimes in five minutes, I can kind of figure out why, why I'm, I'm like having that issue. Um, of course, I recommend doing it during the day when you like, I can actually, you know, make some sense when of you're it, conscious, you know, yeah, <laughs> when you can make sense of it. But but yeah, like, these are just different tools you can try. Um, and yeah, if you start going down that rabbit hole, then, you know, stop right there and, you know, address it the next day, but, you know, maybe turn on some solfeggio, maybe a guided meditation. Like you said, there's free things all over the internet. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the key here, everybody, if, if you're watching or listening is that different things are going to work for different people and different things are going to work for you, depending on what you're dealing with, what is causing the, the, um, the lack of peace within you and you can't rest or sleep at the moment. Um, and, and, and don't be, don't get frustrated through the process. You know, if you did meditation last night and it worked and you tried it tonight and you're not getting to sleep, don't be afraid afraid to be like, okay, I just need to do something else right now. Um, you know, because we're, I think we're all like that to, we have to give ourselves permission to, um, to explore and to do different things that are going to work depending on what we're going through in the moment. So let us know in the comments of the video, if you're watching live or on the replay with us on Facebook, let us know, um, what you do to get proper rest and sleep in your life. Let us know if it's something that you struggle with and we'll be happy to continue to engage with you after the show. I love that we got on the topic of sound healing and music um, for our hot topic. Again, this happens every time um, because our guest today is amazing and he's actually a musician and we're so excited to have him on. Um, our guest today is Steve Stanley. He is rambling Steve Stanley um, and he is a musician. And like I said, it's coming off the heels of our amazing panel episode um, where we talked about chronic illness and chronic pain and all of that. And Steve has been surviving and thriving throughout his experience. Steve, welcome to the show. We're so glad to see you here. Thank you so much. And good morning, Jessica and Lori. And good, good morning, morning everybody. <laughs> we're, we're so glad to have you here in um, Breakthrough Show Land, and uh, we're really excited to hear a little bit about your story, but I'd love for you to start off. Um, would you like to chime in on our hot topic today? Tell us a little bit about what does rest and sleep look like for you? How is that important in your life? Well, I, I found back in 76 to 82, I was in the Army, and sleep turned out to be recreational or a gift when you could get it. And uh, I was actually a special forces medic. And a lot of that requires that you don't get any sleep while you're training. And uh, you might go a few days or so without sleep. So even 10 minutes can mean so much or that nap, that 20 minute nap. But I didn't have a problem going to sleep at that time. And now it's like a recreational thing for me. And mm -hmm. I've I've always slept pretty sound, five to eight hours a night, and I get right up every morning before the sun comes up, and, you know, uh, so I haven't had a problem with the sleep. When I'm very troubled, I have, mm. and I just get up and work through it. I'll, you know, I'll write, I'll play music or watch YouTube or something, and, you know, now that I'm not working, it's not that big a deal if I miss a, I miss a night's sleep, mm. uh, but when I was working, uh, you know, it can catch up to you. Yeah, I'm sure of that. Um, and I just I want to comment too that um, thank you so much for your service. I I am a military daughter. My dad was Navy for 23 years, and um, and I just I'm really appreciative of your service to our country. So thank you so much for that. Um, and I and I know being a medic, and it must have been. Um, 
an interesting experience as well. When my daughter was sick this week, I was talking to a friend of mine who works in pediatrics over here. And I said, you are just a saint to deal with, to deal with a whole ward of six, sick children, because, you know, I'm over here panicking with my one. And, and so to deal with, you know, other people's things and to have to, you know, that must have been a, that must have been an interesting uh, time in your life. It really was. And uh, part of the training, I'll say, that really affected me the most was the OJT when I was working in the hospital. And you work every little area, but I worked in labor and delivery, and I didn't think it was going to be such a big deal. And I, I went up there, and I'm a tough guy, a young guy, but I didn't know a lot about life yet. But they said, uh, you know, today, just why don't you stand to the side and just watch a few deliveries? It's a pretty busy hospital. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, but what's the big deal? They said, you'll see. And I went to the side, and there was a couple, and the man was helping his wife. It was a beautiful thing. I didn't know the people at all. I didn't know anyone there. I was in OJT and didn't even know anyone. I just met the people in the hospital that night on the section. But it's like a light came on in the room when the baby was delivered and everything changed. And I was standing there, just tears running down my face. I'd never experienced that. I saw puppies when I was a kid, but I didn't see that magic. And that is a miracle. Mm. And before that and after that, I did see people pass. I saw people die and I saw some trauma. I was in a peacetime army, so it was just basic trauma. But that wasn't special, but seeing that birth, that was mm. special. And it changed my whole life and my direction at that point with the military. I was going to make a career of it. And after six years, I didn't mostly because of that. Mm. That's um, incredible. It's incredible. So where take us on a little bit of a trip to, I know that you've been, you've been dealing with a lot in your, in your personal life the last few years. And I would love for you to sort of give us a little, a little overview of, of, you know, the journey that you're on, tell us what you're, what you're dealing with now and, and how you got here, what, what things have looked like for you. Yeah. Well, about six years ago, uh, I was going full speed. I, I had my own business. I was working for another business. Um, I was engaged. I was buying a house. I was buying equipment. Uh, we we're just coming out of the recession and things were looking pretty good, but I started getting really tired and summer was coming on. I was getting older and I was in mid fifties then. And I felt that, but I'd always worked pretty hard so I could deal with the summers and, and deal with the physical part of it. But I just started getting so overwhelmingly tired and I wound up going in to a walk-in clinic and seeing a doctor. And it was, uh, I was working for a new startup company and my company didn't have medical. So I just walked into a walk-in clinic and I got some testing. They did a PSA blood test and I came up very high. Um, for prostate cancer. My PSA was 184. Uh, normal PSA is usually below one. And if you get to a number four, they usually want to do a biopsy or start treatment or surgery. So I was already at 184, but I didn't know what that meant at the time. And they weren't there to treat me. So I went from there to a urologist. He kind of explained to me, uh, PSA number doesn't mean you have cancer, but chances are you have cancer, buddy. Let's do a, biop a biopsy. So I did the biopsy with him. And it turned out I did have cancer. And, uh, and then I started looking for treatment. And from that point, I, I started the radiation. I really didn't want to do chemical things. I've always been very natural and, and clean in my lifestyle, eating good food, not doing drugs, stopped drinking years and years ago, all that stuff. But basically halfway through the radiation, I did 40 rounds of radiation. Halfway through the radiation, uh, the doc, ordered up a PET scan and that showed that the cancer had already spread to my bladder and my lymphatic system and uh, it was just on the loose. And so I finished the treatment with the radiation. I did one round of the hormone treatment, which I do regret. Uh, and uh, the hormone treatment kind of takes your testosterone away and that's what the doctors feel makes the cancer move around your body. So they want to take that down to about a zero, but it's really hard for a guy to live without testosterone and it changes your whole life. And it uh, kind of turns you into a, a middle-aged woman going through the change. You get hot flashes, uh, 
all kinds of night sweats. You don't sleep. Very uncomfortable. And so I was going through that. They're still trying to convince me to do chemo. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do radical surgery. And I just wanted to have quality of life, which from that point on was really hard to get a square straight answer from one of the docs. And uh, the doctors do what they can do. But I did have an oncologist that told me, I'm not here to talk about alternative treatments. I'm here to tell you what I do. I don't know what happens to other people that I don't treat. So I can just tell you about the people I treat. And, you know, and you have very late stage cancer and, you know, even with treatment, uh, you're not going to make 85. You know, he didn't want to give me all bad news, but basically, you know, and basically as we went on, he said, I'd, I'd be lucky to, to see five years, you know, if I don't do the treatment, if I don't do the chemo. Well, that's been almost seven years ago and I still haven't done the chemo. I stopped doing the, the hormone treatment and I haven't done any more conventional treatments, although I still see the doctors and uh, I still try to have conversations with them. I've been dropped by four different urologists at this time just for trying to have a conversation with them. Uh, mm. Two of them didn't even look at me. I, I hate to say that about the medical system because they all try and they all want to try, but yeah, uh, with cancer, they have their protocol. And they really didn't want to talk. So I had two of them just go on the computer, look at my chart, and then start writing me prescriptions without mm. even looking at me or touching me or even wow. talking to me like a human. Mm. And now I have a really good oncologist, a woman. And I, I also think women make better doctors and make better decisions, <laughs> have more empathy, and do a better job. Both, both of the women oncologists I've had. I really, they talked to me and I, I got along with a lot better and I felt like they were doing treatment for me personally, mm -hmm. not just, you know, doing the thing. Mm -hmm. I had one oncologist, the guy tell me, I can't worry about, you know, your quality of life. I'm just trying to keep you alive. So do what I say or, or you know, I'm not going to treat you. And he wound up dropping me. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to talk about diet or anything, you know, besides what they wanted to give you. Mm -hmm. I've heard um, experienced myself um, with uh, my my last pregnancy actually um, I had I had a really bad experience with my fifth daughter um, my fifth child and um, I knew for my sixth that I wanted I, I was in a different space I wanted a more holistic experience and all of that I actually had a doctor drop me at eight months pregnant um, because I because I just like you wanted to have a conversation and I do want to say this for everybody that wa that's watching very similar to other shows that we've done about medical experiences we are not in any way on the show knocking the medical community the medical community has their place allopathic medicine has their place we what we sort of believe have believed in and stood for here on the show is better communication, better, you know, relationship between doctor and patients and also learning to listen to our own selves and intuition. Um, Lori, what were you, what were you going to say? Um, I just wanted to ask him if the uh, women oncologists that he found, if they were on a holistic route or if they were doing both allopathic and holistic medicine. Uh, they were willing to talk about it and they're willing to talk about diet, but their time's limited. If they give me 15 minutes, that's a lot of time. And both of them did give me at least that much time, whereas the male doctors usually didn't and cut things off and had things to do. But uh, their hands are kind of tied and they would tell me that, um, you know, I, they do what they do. But uh, the problem I had basically is the biggest problem I have is the sugar. And sugar and cancer, cancer needs sugar to exist and to live. And the one thing they don't do in any of the offices I've been into, and they're very, they won't even talk about it, is to actually tell people to take sugar out of their diet and just totally get rid of it. You got to step away from that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the other things I want to talk about is taking control and taking responsibility of your own treatment and not just leaving it in someone else's care. And then trusting that they're going to do a good job for you or blaming them later if things go south. Mm. So taking yeah. personal responsibility for the care and the path that you walk, I think is very important. And the two oncologists, women doctors have helped me with that. And they've talked to me with that and they've been good about that. So they haven't insisted that I, that I do the treatments. Uh, they want me to every time I see them. 
They tell me I should. It's all they know, you know. And they right. do tell me I'm the healthiest looking stage four cancer patient they've ever seen. And why do I look so healthy? And I mm -hmm. tell them it's a clean diet. It's a lifestyle change and exercise. And it's something we should have. Um, along those lines, I do talk to people out in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. And what I see and what I have seen when I'm with one oncologist for a while, some of the people, they kind of get the same dates a month later. So I see some of the same guys. And I'll see them walking when we start. And after a while, a lot of these treatments wear your body down. Then I'll see them in a walker and they're not looking too good. And next I'll see them in a wheelchair and then I won't see them anymore. Uh, so. so can I ask you, how did you start um, fixing your diet and getting that kind of information? Were you doing your own research and, you know, did you seek a nutritionist? Right. I, I have talked to two different nutritionists, but they really weren't much of a help. The naturopathic doctors, I had two before I started the radiation. Both of those naturopathic doctors actually told me to do the radiation. They said, we very rarely tell people to do that, but they both, they didn't know each other. And it was two different directions. And they both looked at my paperwork and said, I think you should do the radiation. That's why I did the radiation. But Basically, on YouTube, I found the keto diet. I just wound up seeing a TED talk with one of the doctors that was talking about diet and cancer. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So I clicked on it. And he was talking about the ketogenic diet and the different aspects of it and how cancer really needs sugar to, to work. And a lot of times, like with the PET scan, you get the radioactive dye that's in it to make the PET scan work is mixed with sugar water in your IV and that's so it goes right to the cancer. So they know that, they know that, but they don't really want to talk about it. And uh, the ketogenic diet makes your body start functioning on fats instead of sugar or carbohydrates. And so I put myself on the ketogenic diet. Um, I have two or three different docs that I follow and I try to do the best I can. But each time I've talked to a nutritionalist about it, they all want me to stop the ketogenic diet uh, do more carbs, start doing more fruits with sugars in it and not worry about the sugars. And they really don't want to talk about why, mm -hmm. you know, it's, they only get what they get, you know, it's, they only get the, the training they get. So. I'm really surprised that nutritionists have told you to eat more sugar, you know, knowing that, I mean, I know that sometimes you can eat certain fruits. Like I heard pineapple is really good for like killing um, cells, but I mean, I don't know much about that. Um, it's just yeah. I've heard from other people in other interviews of people who have cured their own or healed themselves of cancer through, you know, uh, natural, like you said, through nutrition, natural food, um, and cutting out a lot of that processed stuff. Um, I also heard that doctors don't even get um, educated in nutrition when they're in medical school, like they only get maybe like a semester, if that, I, I don't even know if that, you know, I think that's kind of crazy. And that's also what I've heard. And, and I've had a few of the doctors say, well, I don't know anything about that or ketosis isn't good for anybody or, you know, you go on, but there is a lot of information on YouTube about it. And there's a lot of people that are well-meaning and most people think of the keto diet as losing weight. And I never had a weight issue. I've done it strictly for the cancer, but I will say I have to be careful because I can lose a lot of weight real quick mm. if I'm not careful. It's one of the side side things that happen with a keto diet. And uh, But I do think the lifestyle change is real important. And I took a big step away from everything when I got diagnosed. Uh, I stopped the business I was running. I, I stopped everything. I got rid of my stuff and did a total lifestyle change started a new business where I was cleaning houses, trying to stay out of the sun, and I couldn't keep up with that either. It's just too tired and worn out. I'm wondering if you've seen the the Truth About Cancer series and, and, and if when what, and what you thought about that, if you've seen that at all. Um, it's possible. I've seen so many of them. Mm -hmm. And I also follow the Rick Simpson, uh, you know, that uses the hemp oil treatment. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people have gotten a lot of good, good things from that. I've gone mm -hmm. through the the state myself as a medical marijuana patient. I don't discuss that with my regular doctors. I just use the doctor for the medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. I did that. Um, my PSI kept climbing. And so that's what the state manufactured products. 
uh, I do still, I, I still try to see the naturopathic docs as much as possible, but unfortunately they're not covered under any of the health right. plans and right. they require yeah, cash. And they also want you to take their supplements, which are good. And I'd like to do that, but they're not always affordable. Mm -hmm. uh, but neither is taking time off work. Uh, right. That was a big, that changed everything in my life. And I had to stop everything. And, you know, I, I now live in my travel trailer on, and uh, in one of the bands I'm in, the bass player's house on the side, and we work something out. And uh, mm -hmm. I work at his private kitty rescue in Loxahatchee, uh, that they take care of feral cats there and really nice people. And I'm just a volunteer there. I help where I can help, but I've learned a lot doing that. Yeah, I'm sure it's, good. I'm sure it's therapeutic too. To work with, with animals. It really is. Uh, I, there is one kitty that hangs out with me and he always comes over and it's like he's doing kitty Reiki and he's always <laughs> the same spot. It's on my belly, always the same spot, and he's very That's serious. awesome. And he looks at me like, what do you mean stop? Because I'm like, hey, too many claws that are easy. And he looks at me like, hey, cut it out. I'm working over here. Does he do the little biscuits? Is that what he does on you? Yeah. He's purring, and he gets real serious look. And no, they can. They know where things are and what you need. I have a cat, and I, I, I think that cat therapy is awesome. They know exactly what you need. Their purring has frequencies that are healthy. So I think that's amazing. That's great. That might be one of the keys right there. And mm -hmm. always being a dog person my whole life, you know, it was different to go to the cat thing and it took a while to get used to that. But <laughs> I do look forward to it. I have many friends there, many kitty friends that come and see me. And I never thought cats were like that, but they really are. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I would love to know, um, Steve, how uh, I know you've been involved with music for a long time. Tell us a little bit about your history with music and also how that has come into your experience with the cancer. How has that helped you along the way? Yeah, well, right back at the beginning, um, I have a twin brother. And when we were 10 years old, we decided we wanted to play music. And, and so for our birthday, the Sears truck pulled up out front and out popped a big box with a drum set in it from my dad. And he got a guitar and an amplifier. And a year later, we were playing in a pizza place uh, for pizza and soda and and having a good time, just playing rock and roll and playing the school things and and those kind of things. And we started taking lessons. So I've always played drums and I've always been involved with different bands, cover bands and original bands playing drums. And even when I was working, I'd work during the day and play drums at night, practice at night and play on the weekends, which sometimes burned a candle at both ends. But I did that for many years. And then I started uh, because of my brother and because of the different people around me that were songwriters, very good songwriters. Uh, I wanted to start playing guitar to share some of their songs. And so I, I struggled and I'm not a very good guitar player and it didn't come naturally like it did for my brother and drums always came more naturally for me, but I struggled with it. Like I said, I'd go on the road, I'd take my guitar and, you know, somebody wanted to sit around and listen. Okay. But it, it was rough, you know? So I did that. But when I got diagnosed with cancer and I stopped everything, it put a lot of time on my hands where I'm just sitting and I'm saying, I'm going to do something positive but what can I do? It seemed like everything I wanted to do is very physical and I was just worn out. So I just started spending more time playing guitar and it, it was coming around, you know, and getting a little bit better. But then I started hearing from like far away, like the house next door, I would hear music and there wasn't music playing. And usually it was when I was alone and just sitting there with the guitar in my hands. And then at a certain time, I just relaxed and it was almost like getting a guitar lesson and my fingers would start working and I could play pretty good, better than I could play. And I was shown things or given a gift and I could hear the music from like it was next door and I could hear a song. And so I started working on that song and, you know, and then I came out with it. I'm more of a messenger than a songwriter, but the songs that that I work on turn out to be great songs and touch people. And it comes from another place. And I tell people that I'm really the messenger. I'm not 
I'm not a really like down to earth song writer. I don't sit around and craft songs. I'm not that guy. I love that, Steve. One of the one of the shows that um, my husband and I have been watching lately is is Songland. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, you know it kind of takes the per, it, you know you see a lot of these singer ones out like The Voice and you know American Idol and all of that. But this is a, a show like that, but specifically for songwriters. And what I love about it is that it is so humbling. These aren't people who want to be a star. They just want to share their words and they want to have their message out and it doesn't matter you know they're excited to have the the famous singers sing their songs but it's like they you know they it's so emotional and beautiful and I imagine that it's an incredible release for you to be able to get to get your words out and to share through music it really is and uh with my brother and I he's always been more the entertainer and he was out front he did most of the singing and I would do some backup singing with him but it wasn't my thing. I like to be in the back playing drums and I didn't want to be in the light. But as this became more apparent and these more songs kept coming that way, I would hear them and feel them. And they were gifts, almost like, not like I hear words from somewhere else, but I would, I would get a message. And it's not always with words. There's other ways to communicate and it would come out and manifest itself and then the song would be there and i have to say well i wrote this song and i would share it with people and some people are deeply touched and i was deeply touched by many of the songs but not like my personality at all i'm very standoffish and pretty shy really <laughs> but uh you know i really do like people and i care about people i feel people and when people feel bad i feel that i want to make them feel a little better uh, and so it does help and it is just so touching and it is it's a big release um when i can share a song with someone and they actually smile and get touched by it or it helps them yeah i think that um i don't know when you were talking about getting the songs as messages um i do believe that we have guides that are with us throughout our lives but i also feel that your, your higher self your soul is talking to you a lot of times we don't even hear our soul because it speaks to us in many different ways like you said not in words, you might see pictures, you might hear sounds, and this could be your soul, you know, that was wanting to be heard and was like, I'm going to send you this healing music for you to um, play and heal yourself, like, because I think our soul knows what we need to be healthy. So um, I don't know, you can always look at it like that, too. Um, you are writing them, and I think it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. It is, and I, I can't make it happen. I can't demand it, but... Uh... But they come, and I appreciate them when they come. And it is, uh, it's another experience. I never believed in any of that stuff before. And uh, the other thing I would say is I wasn't in a hospital setting, but twice I've been out of body, or I've actually been out of my body looking at my body, and I didn't plan on coming back. Both times I was very happy to be out, and both times I was on my way. I didn't know where I was going, but I was gone. And... I wound up back in, back where I was, back in the body, which was a little disappointing. This was before the cancer. One was before the cancer and one was after the cancer. But both times uh, was quite an experience and it was reality. It wasn't dreaming. And, you know, I'm, I'm really good at looking at reality and, and deciding what's real and what's not real. And to me, that was all very real. And I love that. I love that you're sharing about that, though, Steve, because... Um, I think there are many of us who maybe we're we're struggling with something physical and we're um, we're in a place of fear or, um, you know, maybe we've had those experiences and, and we've not been glad to <laughs> glad to be out. Um, and, and I think that um, what I've what I what I've told myself, I think, to feel better over the years when my brother, my brother was 24 when he died of cancer. It'll be 10 years in January. And um, and and I sort of I think I've told myself that he 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 was wanted to eat like he was ready like I, I felt like he he almost was looking at himself at the end and going I you know this is good this is this is good and and I think if we if we're fighting it if we have that fear that if we come back like like that we've still got stuff to do and and maybe more people need to hear your beautiful music and message um that's what I tell myself <laughs> well and that's that's what I say now 
also, and it's one of my purposes now in life. I, I didn't have that as a purpose before. I did share the music being in different bands and original bands and playing and I like doing that. But now it is a purpose and it's, and I've told wherever it comes from, I said, I will be the messenger. I will share the songs and I'm learning to do that. And with Herb and Siri and my brother's help and the Duramata band, they've really helped me so much in the last six months. My level of playing has gone way up and, and everything, just working with other people that are just already good musicians. You know, tell us really out. quickly, Steve, tell us really quickly a little bit about um, Duramata and where that comes from and what you guys are up to. Well, uh, the first time I heard Duramata was when I was in school um, as a medic. And Duramata is actually one of the layers on the brain, the outside layer. It's called the tough mother or the strong mother. And that's what Duramata means. Uh, and so it helps keep our brain encapsulated. And, uh, and so it was always an interesting word to me. And then about six months ago, I was getting over breaking my pelvis, another one of those things, along with cancer, and I'm on crutches. And I'm at an open mic with my brother. And he had met Surrey and Herb. And he said, you got to meet these people. And so I went to an open mic and and sure enough, they showed up and I got to meet them. And it was just like meeting somebody I've known forever, you know. And uh, so we just got together to play music. And that's where Duramata came from. But we we're kicking around. Well, what kind of name would we get? And, you know, Siri was already a trauma mama and, uh, you know, pretty tough woman. And I would say, wow, I, I'll tell you one word that I've really used. I've never used in a band name is Duramata. And it just something that worked for us and uh, I love it so we change spelling a little bit and the way we do it put an a on the end instead of an e and we leave the e off and uh not for any particular reason just because it looks like Duramata that way and uh so not to be confusing but that's where the name came from awesome and you guys play do you play around where where you live there in Florida what what is your schedule like with the band well, it's going to be playing more. Mostly we've been working to get together. I travel back and forth. I come up here for my treatments and uh, I'm still down south uh, where I play drums and still have a life down there. And so it's almost like having two lives. And so for the last six months or so, we've been working on tunes and we will be playing out pretty soon. But so far, uh, we've just played open mics and a few small things and for friends and family. And so far, it's been really fun. We get together and the energy level is unbelievable. You know? And you're gonna you're gonna play for us here today on the breakthrough. Yes. Which I'm really excited about. I would love for you guys to get set up over there and uh, and we'll get ready to do our little little mini show here. Do you want to give us a little intro? Tell us about the song that you're gonna play today. Well, the song today is a song called "The Other Side," and uh, it came to me about two years ago. And uh, it was like right after New Year's Eve and I'm sitting on the couch at my house at 2 a.m. just playing guitar and didn't feel like going to sleep. And all this stuff started coming in and, and it just like I could hear it and then I could play it. And I didn't like the direction it was going uh, because it talked about suicide and I didn't want to have a song about suicide. And I actually said the words, no, I don't want to do a song about suicide. <laughs> And I got a very strong impression of this song isn't about the negative part. It's about the other side. And it's about uh, people that might think that they were suicided or whatever. I mean, when we die, when we go away, we go somewhere else. And that's where the other side came from. And I said, no, this isn't to hurt. This is to help. This will help others. No matter what you think of it, learn the song. And basically, it was a very strong impulse. And so I did. And uh, and that's where the other side came from. Awesome. Well, we're so excited that Duramata is going to play for us today. And you may see a friendly face in the background as well. There's one of our panelists, Siri, um, in the back. And we have Herb. And you want to introduce uh, everybody? Yeah. Well, here's Siri and Herb. Hi. And my brother, Chris. Hi. All right. Well, we're going to let you go at it. Everybody, please hit the heart button and give some love in the comments for Duramata as they play the other side for us. Thanks, everybody. Oh, yeah, I got to move back a little bit. I'm going to try not to put my head in front of everybody. Here we go. I'm sorry. I messed it up. 
on the other side wasn't suicide some might think all the things I left undone all the songs couldn't sing so much (laughs) there's something so peaceful about the lyric and the music that comes together and um and of course we have to we have to give a give a big hand for our panelists siri in the back too for coming we we talk about so many things behind the scenes of the breakthrough and we all have little things that we do that you've never seen before and and so we're just excited that siri was able to provide this platform for steve and the rest of the band herb and um and your brother steve thank you so much for um for coming on and sharing your gifts with us today and and the overall message of the song i i loved it i was putting don't worry in the in the comments of the video too um because i think that when we go through these things in our lives it's really easy to slip into that space of worrying about everything and questioning everything that we're doing and everything that we've ever done and so it's just such a beautiful and peaceful message and we're just so thankful that you were on with us to share today steve well thank you so much and uh and the message of that song is we all are going home at some point no Mm. one's staying here forever Mm. so we all have a place to go and it's not to worry about that. That's that comes later. We have to live life now, but there's a place for all of us. I love it. I love it. All right, Steve. Well, we're gonna put um Steve's information for Duramata in the comments of the video later. So be sure to check him out on both our Facebook page and our website and uh, listen for the good things to come from them. Thank you all so much for joining Steve as well. And um, we'll see all of you again soon, okay? All right. Thank, Thank you. you Jessica. All right. Bye. 
Lori, such a good show. Um, it I'm, was. I'm so uh, thrilled with how everything has come together, both with our hot topic and coming off the heels of our um, special edition episode from last Saturday as well. Um, what were some of your big takeaways from listening to Steve's story today? Um, the biggest one was um, advocating for yourself and you know making sure that you empower yourself with as much information as possible when it comes to your own health. Um, not letting anyone, like, especially if you feel that something's not right for you, don't let anyone try to talk you out of your, that gut instinct. It's there for a reason, you know? Um, and I think that his message was amazing how he just took charge of his life um, and made the best decisions for him. And look at him, he's, you know, he's still going, even though that first doctor told him, you know, gave him like a, I forgot how the five years, the, five, yeah, five years and what it's six plus now, seven years, he said. seven so years. It's now, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really, that was my big takeaway as well from Steve's story, because um, that was actually when we gave tips on last Saturday's episode, that was my tip at the end was advocating for yourself, because that's not something that I've done. Um, and, and it's, and it's a constant um the reminder and practice that I have to initiate for myself, because I even found myself even after I had the naturopath, which, you know, when you're going from allopathic medicine to holistic medicine um, or naturopathic medicine, and you, um, you know, you think that it's, they're automatically going to be aligned with you. Cause like I'm holistic and they're holistic and you're going to be like besties now, <laughs> but that's not necessarily the case. Um, and so I, I found myself falling into the same trap, you know, several months ago of, of, I just did what, what they told me to do without listening to myself. And so I think that that, that idea of advocating for yourself is so important, no matter what you're going through. Um, and I was also really encouraged by, um, sad and encouraged at the same time about him, him discussing being fired by him, by being let go of by his doctors. Um, because that was, that was an experience that I dealt with as well. And it can be so hard when you're in the middle of, you know, navigating an illness and, or something that you're going through medically. And then they're like, Oh, well, because you asked a question, you know, you're out. Well, in no way. I can't, I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's a horrible thing to have done to you, but if they were going down a path right. that he did not agree with, that was the best thing that they could have right. done for him, you know? And sometimes yeah. the, it's like, we've always mentioned on the show is like sometimes those bad things that happen or that you think are so horrible at the moment, they're there to, to save your life. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, you know, a lot of what we discover here on the breakthrough show is that these breakthroughs that we have are oftentimes not what we expected them to be, you know, and I think, I think some of that uh, comes down to how general we are trying to manifest the things that we want. We say like, oh, I want to move, but then like we move to a state that we don't want to go to. And it's like, well, why? Because you just said you wanted to move. You weren't specific, <laughs> you know, exactly. and so I think it's the same. We have to get specific about what we want with our, um, with our health and well-being, and, uh, we, and we need to advocate for ourselves. I think it's so important. Um, I'm really, you know, it, it, it was neat to, it's neat to see too, that even though, you know, Steve's not in remission or anything like that, but he continues to, to fight for what he wants and what he believes in and, and does what's, what's best for him. And I think that that's, that's really important as well, um, to keep going. Uh, it's a new day, you know, to just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any final thoughts that you want to share with us today, Lori, um, any, any, uh, I, the, the song was great as well. I loved it. It was very calm. Yes, it was. I love that. There's such talented people. I know he said that he's not that much of a, of a guitar player, but I, I loved that song. So. <laughs> I, I did too. Great. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah. No. And All I love right. how he, you know, the messages of the soul are coming through now through this music. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. Yes, I love that as well. Um, and hearing about that's one of the things that we talk about in my illuminate your spirit group as well. Um, when we talk about you're listening to your intuition, listening to God, listening to your angels and things like that, that, you know, those messages can come in ways that we 
we, we, you know, don't expect sometimes. And um, so to sort of have your eyes and ears open for things that you may not expect to come through and in ways that you might not expect as well. Um, I think that's really important. So thank you for reminding me of that too, because that was a good, that was a good talking point as well. All right, everybody, we thank you so much for being with us here on the Breakthrough Show today. It's been another fantastic episode. Um, and again, I want to reiterate what I said at the beginning, that I'm so excited that all of you guys have um, been so supportive with the changes that we've been making behind the scenes of the Breakthrough. We just appreciate you so, so, so very much. Um, thank you for all your wonderful comments. And um, we are going to be back soon with another episode, so don't worry about that. Thank you all for joining us. Please be sure to continue to like, comment, share, subscribe where you can, and we will see you next time for another episode of The Breakthrough Show. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Breakthrough. Please visit our website at www.thebreakthroughshow.com. And be sure to join our After the Breakthrough community powered by Patreon. We look forward to seeing you next week. Same time, same place for another inspiring episode.